Thank you so much. <laughs> Reverend, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was great to be at the um, uh, Street Pastors Commissioning on Friday evening. Really, really good. 21. We haven't got that black and white photo up there, have we? doesn't matter if we haven't. Yeah. Uh, do you mind just popping that up a sec? That would be, uh, be grand. So 20, uh, 21 new street pastors. I've got it on that screen. It hasn't come up there yet, but don't worry. It's, it's worth the wait, honestly. It, really, it is really worth the wait. There we are. Look at that. 21 of them all lined up. It was really good. And uh, the guy, uh, they had the... Re- I don't think you can see him there, but the Reverend uh, Les Isaac, OBE, who started Street Passes, he was there. And um, he spoke, and he was great. I really liked him. Um, he was a... He had got a really big up from Anwar before he came up. And when he came up... He's a, he's a black guy. And when he came up, he said, oh, did you see me go boy, even blacker when he was saying all those nice things about me? I thought, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be good. And then at one point, I've never heard a, a person say this, but he said, um, I love being out on the streets. He said, I had this guy recently. He told me, you're effing great. And he said, I've been in the church years. No one's ever told me that. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah, you're great. He was really, really good. So um, he, was a, he was a good guy. I liked him. <laughs> Any, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, you'd, I won't get you standing again, but I'm definitely going to pray. Um, we, we need you, God. Sometimes, Father, I know I declare with my mouth that I long for you. But it's not always feeling true in my heart. But you know that I confess it with my mouth so that I will believe it in my heart. But God, I do long for you. We are hungry for experiencing more of you. Like proper hungry. We love you, Lord. We love you. Okay. Indeed, so be it. So in, um, it's amazing, great start to my notes. I, I knew what the theme was to talk about. Not that we had a theme, but I felt like God gave me the theme. And then I did go back to God and say, you are going to have to give me more than one word. Um, this would really, really help me. Uh, so um, eventually... After some praying, God gave me a verse, and I've <laughs> literally I've put thirty-four eight down here. Like I've remembered, it's Psalm thirty-four eight, which is, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." And we've spoken about this verse here before, but I felt God say, "I want you to talk about worship." Now it's it's a slightly tricky one because I feel like going back to God and saying, "I've spoken about worship a number of times." And God said, good. Good. Going to spend most of heaven, most of eternity, worshipping and worshipping and worshipping. And this is our training ground. And I believe that what I'm bringing today isn't really a teach. I'm not really really teaching you anything. I'm trying to reveal something to you. 
And what I'm trying to show, what I'm trying to expose, what I'm trying to open up is that in worship, God is inviting us to taste and see that he is good. Yes, in life. Yes, in our day-to-day. Yes, in our workplaces. Yes, in our marriages and our relationships. But God says, no, no, no. Right now, we're talking about when you worship, I want people to taste and see that I'm good. Like, I'm really good. And what I love about the Psalm 34, verse 8, is taste and see. It's at least two of our senses. Even the concept that you could taste that God is good in worship is crazy. What? Experientially, like, taste it. I had someone speak to me beforehand this morning who said, last week in here, in worship, they, they smelt a most beautiful fragrance, thought it was someone's perfume, and then remembered the only other time they'd smelt it before. They'd actually investigated whether it was someone's perfume, recognised it as being the same smell, and recognised it as being the fragrance of Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't just know him. So when we worship, the Bible says that God comes and inhabits the praises of his people. So as we worship, we used to sing that song years ago, as we worship, we build your throne. Theologically, slightly dodgy, but it doesn't matter. Because um, I couldn't possibly build um, a throne like that. But as we worship, we build a throne. As we worship, God says, whoa, I'm going there. The God who is everywhere is always looking for somewhere to turn up. And it is, it is the <clears throat> hunger, the desire and the passion to be able to long to see, to experience God. It is that desire that draws God in. Us singing songs does not bring him in. He's not bothered. I mean, he's everywhere because he's the Holy Spirit, right? So he's everywhere. But he... He's not interested in our song singing. He's not even interested in some decent bass notes or even your bottom B, as awesome as your bottom B is on the bass, on that five string. I mean, it is the Holy Spirit string. We love it. It's deep and it resonates. What's the matter with that? That's right, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, yeah, not on that one. Anyway, so, not on that bass. I haven't got bottom B. But it doesn't matter, like... And we often joke and we talk about the Holy Spirit pads up here, this the kind of pad sound in the background. We're like, oh, Holy Spirit's here. It's like, but it's just a, it's, it's a joke because actually he's only interested in our passion. That's all he's interested in. So in, I, I felt God saying, people need to remember that in, in worship, in my presence, in that way, there is a fullness of life that can't be experienced any other way. Chains are broken. Healing happens. Years of addiction and hurt and pain can be undone in moments. Counseling. It's not that counseling is a bad thing, but sometimes God just meets you and it's undone. The thing is undone. The healing is pretty much just complete in a second. Plus, you, we realize that God made us, God designed us, 
If you want to believe in a big bang, then good for you. That takes more faith than it does for me to believe that we're made. And I would just say to you, human eye, just tell me which part of that evolved first, can you? Because if, if we want to go down that road, it's nuts. And the reason people don't believe it is because there's none so blind as the man who doesn't want to see, ironically. We were designed, of course we were designed. Look at the human eye. There is no part of that that evolved first, and then they waited thousands of years with just an iris, waiting for anything else to gradually evolve. So if people want to believe in the Big Bang, honestly, knock yourself out. You've got more faith than I have. I don't know how God made it, but he made it. And he designed it. And so when we see that we are designed, and when we see that we were moulded in clay, and then God literally gave us a kiss of life and breathed life into us, worship is written into our very being. God designed us as worshippers. So when we worship, we are acting according to our design. When we are indifferent, we are not acting according to our design. Everybody is a worshipper. They just worship different things. Their cars, their jobs, their football team, Liverpool, 4-0, Arsenal, come on. (laughs) There's lots there, right? But you know what? It's just a football team, and I joke. But there are people, that is their worship. we got a big church up the road, the designer outlets, we call it. And that's where people go to worship. See? See... This is an invitation, and God's saying, I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more for you, Asher Vineyard. I've got so much more for you, but the amount that you're going to receive is not conditional on on him. It's conditional upon us. So the less we give, the less we'll receive. I'll say that again. The less we give into a moment, the less we'll receive from that moment. So let me give you an example. And some people get a bit touchy about this, but I am about to mention sex. Okay? So if, for example, you are going to, um, if you're, you're going to have sex with your spouse, and you're like, like that. I'm telling you, the earth won't shake for either of you. It's just a bit of marriage advice there, right there, okay? Because you're like, well, yeah, yeah. That. And you can imagine what you're going to get out of that encounter, that time and that moment of encounter, if you're going in with a slightly shoulder-shruggy, yeah, yeah, rather than actually wanting to give yourself into that moment. Jesus said this. He was talking to a Samaritan woman by a well, and I haven't got time for the context of the story any more than that, but he says to her, a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers, because they were disagreeing over where you have to worship, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they're the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Now, truth is a slightly tricky word, because truth seems to mean truth. It doesn't seem to mean my truth, which is basically a form of Gnosticism, which is, well, basically I make up my mind about what is truth and you can't tell me otherwise. So I have decided on that basis 
that I am actually a three-foot Asian female. Can't tell me otherwise. It's my truth. I know it seems daft, but it's my truth. But that isn't what this means. This means the truth. This doesn't mean how it feels to me. This means we worship him in truth. We worship him based on who he is, who he says he is, and we worship him from who we are and who he says we are. Who he says we are. I'll say it again. Who he says we are, not who we think we are. God says, this is who you are. Worship me from that place, because that's how I've designed you. Remember, it's woven into our design to worship him in the way from, from the way that he designed us. It's tricky. It's tricky stuff. So that's what it means, essentially, to worship in truth. And in spirit, basically means to engage the very core of us. Jesus spoke pretty, pretty harshly, in many ways, about the uh, Pharisees at various points. And the reason he spoke about them so harshly, described them as whitewashed tombs, you brood of vipers, etc., is because what they did was they tied people up in religious knots. As we say so often, religion is just form without power. It's just rules without relationship. I despise religion. And it goes against everything that, honestly, I live for and stand for. And Jesus said this, They honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They sing their songs. They turn up at church. They drop a bit of money in the basket. I've even seen them take a chocolate. But their hearts are far from me. They honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, like I said earlier, there are definitely times when faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there are times when you, you can speak certain things out to reinforce the things that you believe. So it's not that you... There will sometimes be a disconnect between your mouth and, and your heart. But not as a way of life. So what does this worship look like? that is responding to God's invitation to taste and see. If on the other side of our, sometimes, I'm speaking about myself, not you, I know it'll be none of you here, but sometimes on the other side of my indifference, or on the other side of my inconvenience, or on the other side of my tiredness, is an encounter with God that would literally transform my life. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house. This is in Luke 7. Went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who'd lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him, behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Just picture that. Wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed his feet, and then poured perfume on them. Now, in one of the other Gospels, in one of the other 
um, four books that tell us about the life of Jesus, it says that she poured like loads of perfume. In fact, so much so that the religious people who were there, they weren't labelled as religious, but this kind of extravagance reveals religion. And they said that money could have been given to the poor. Who does she think? if, If he were a real prophet... He would know what type of woman this is. And she, he's just let her do that to him. It's just religion. And that's what an extravagant, passionate worship of him, that's what it reveals in people around us. It reveals religion. Oh, look at them. And God just delights in it says just ignore them just ignore them Nicola Neal spoke about Mary who broke open this whole jar of nard and what I wanted to do today but I only got one in the garden and I quite liked it so I didn't but I've got I've got this like little little jar thing and I what I picture myself doing I couldn't find a way to do it that wanted that I could safely express what I wanted to be able to express but what I wanted to do was you know like uh, I haven't got one but you know, like sometimes you get a little, uh, like a perfume bottle of something. Say, um, most of them have the little diffusers, you know, sh- sh- thing at the top. The ones that don't, you have to do this, don't you? You have to just tip it up, get a bit on your finger, and then you dab it wherever. Yeah, that thing. And so I pictured, you know, this is this is what we we do, and then God, and this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to have the jar on here full of oil. And God's saying this, and I go up and pick up a sledgehammer, and I smash the thing. And then I thought, oh, health and safety, it's going to go everywhere, and like, <laughs> clearing up. Then people will be like, oh, I've got pottery in my eye, and you know, all those like disasters. But picture that scene. God saying, I don't want your little dab-dab. I don't want your, I'm not interested in your dab-dab. Smash the jar. Pour it out to me. Be extravagant. I'm inviting you that you will not particularly find me in your dab-dab. You will find me in your smashing of the jar and breaking it open and being extravagant. And yes, you'll probably naff a few people off. Um, One moment. I've forgotten some bits here. More. It's not props, don't panic. I was joking about the hammer. Um, I decided, I don't do this very often, but every now and then, you can just search, Google is such a friend. Google is such a friend, even though they um, rake all your data and then lie about it. But anyway, allegedly. No, it's been confirmed. It's been confirmed, yeah, 2010. Anyway, bless them. So I literally Googled verses about praise and worship. It was literally what I Googled, right? Because Google's done some of the work for me. There are other search engines, by the way. Uh, But anyway, so what I want us to just try and understand is I'm going to read like a number out, and I just want you to get a bit of a picture of, well, what, what does it look like then? What does praise and worship look like? Because praise and worship are slightly different things. I'm just going to read a few out. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens! Exclamation mark. 
Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Anyone got a lute? No. Uh, Praise him with tambourine. No. And dance. (laughs) Praise him with... Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Next one. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Then it says again, praise the Lord! Exclamation mark. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the, not the program. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also, etc. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. Ooh, sacrifices. We love sacrifices. That's where it costs you something. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Dressing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord in your heart. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him. Ooh, bit of extolling. All peoples, for great is his steadfast love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. I'm not going to read them all. Don't panic. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with a tambourine and a lyre. (laughs) The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Whoa, what? The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you, E-X-U-L-T, with loud singing. Now, exult means triumphant elation or jubilation. He will triumphant elation or jubilation over you with loud singing. That, not quite that. That is what God is doing over you. What moves your heart, as we heard? And that song actually goes on to say, I hear the Lord say, it's you that moves my heart. Praise, oh no, tampering again. Praise him with trumpet sound. (laughs) Praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. I, I did look through them all. I'm not reading them all out to you now. There's too many. I went through 100 The top hundred as voted for by I don't know who. These were the themes. See if this looks like, I've done this. See how much this reflects what you're you're worshipping of him in 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 a space, in a time, looks like. Loud and full on. Singing. Gladness. Kneeling. Thankfulness. Tambourines, (laughs) I wouldn't mind when people can play them properly, it's when they can't play them properly, they are hideous. Uh, Dance, with the whole of ourselves, with a longing and with a recognition of who he is 
and what he has done. And God says, if you will lean into this and push through your discomfort, Chris, and push through your inconvenience and like, oh, but what will people think? Yeah, but, you know, everyone will hear me above everyone else and I can't really sing that well anyway. And what about this? And what about all those things? And God says, if you'll push past those, then you will find me on the other side in a way you have never encountered me before. I go to, over the years, I go to so many churches where worship seems to be when we stand and when we sing and then we sit. I am utterly bored of it, and so's God. You honour me with your lips, but your hearts are more interested in getting the right chords. I know this is uncomfortable, but there's, we've got to have, there's got to be like a shake-up. And God's saying, if you want to see the kind of power in worship that you want to see, if you want to see being people being set free from stuff, if you want to see lorries going past and having to slam on the brakes and walk in because they say, what is going on in here? And they walk in the door and they fall to their knees and say, what do I need to do to be saved? They are not going to do that, that is not going to happen because we stand and we sing and we sit. Thanks, Herb. I know this is not popular because none of us like any sense of inconvenience. That, That like, oh, but it's my comfort zone. You don't understand. I do. I have a comfort zone too. We all have one. And God has one too and he's trying desperately to invite us into it. But we keep staying in ours. So I fully accept this is uncomfortable. Um, And if you're feeling a bit awkward, that's okay. We can do this together. We can push through the awkwardness and come out the other side. Ashford, Ashford needs times of encounter. So people might say, "Here's here's an argument. I'm going to keep this as practical as I can. Yeah, Chris, in my car, you should hear me. I mean, I go for it in my car. I go for it in the shower. It's just like, yeah, it's that, that, yeah, I just like to do it on my own. Great. Good stuff. Now bring that into an arena where other people can benefit. Because if you are worshipping and you are pouring your heart out and you're inviting him down, then God is not going to stay only where one person is. So in that case, use your worship to invite him into this space to see other people set free. And I'm going to be really blunt. And people aren't going to like this. But just bear with. Just brace yourselves. Stop being so selfish. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. And there is a thing that has happened during lockdown where people have just decided... I don't need to be around other people. Thank you very much. I can get what I need on the internet. And frankly, I can find better worship on the internet than I can here. Absolutely right, you can. But there is, this is the space into which, if you are part of Asher Vineyard, this is the space into which you walk and change the atmosphere. You don't change the atmosphere by watching it online. 
And you cannot change an atmosphere by being at home and putting in a comment, morning everyone, that is not going to change an atmosphere. Now there's nothing wrong with saying morning everyone, it's polite, it's lovely. Some people I know have to stay at home because of things going on in their lives. I get it. It's not, we're not making a rule. We're talking God is inviting us into a different heart posture with him. Well, I just, uh, you know, I just, I have other things to do. I mean, it's one of the times when Ikea is the quietest. Sure, if you want to go and worship at Ikea, worship at Ikea. I know this is like really blunt. And do you know why? Because if we want to see Ashra transformed, then one of the things that's got to be transformed is our worship of him. That's got to be transformed. So I can just tell you nice things, but it's not going to bring the transformation that we long for. The street pastors are out there doing their stuff. I don't know whether you've walked up and down Ashford High Street lately. There is a meeting tomorrow about how we need to create safer spaces. There is so much, basically almost riotous, difficult behaviour going on in Ashford High Street at the moment. And then we turn up here on a Sunday morning, we stand, hold on to the chair in front, sing a couple of songs, and then we sit down and think, that's going to do nothing. We might even have to take a tambourine into the high street. I mean, like, <laughs> surely there must be another way. Come on, there must be another way. Sacrifice, <laughs> so, I know, sacrifice, Mike. I gave my tambourine away years ago at the end of the 80s. And I thought, surely it's had its season. But anyway, um, (laughs) please, please, don't take any offence at what I'm saying. I'm not aiming it at you. I'm speaking of us and the invitation that God is placing before us. To say, unless you break open the jar of affection towards me, you're not going to step into the kind of connection and power that you long to see. So, of course, some people are like, well, I feel like I'm only just starting out. Sure, of course. It's not a rule. But God's saying, come. Come. Come a bit closer. Come a bit nearer. Do something you haven't done before. We often say a physical action can help to produce a spiritual reaction. I often raise my hands in worship. (laughs) Many of you will have noticed I do the one-handed raise. And that's often because I really don't want to show people my stomach because I often don't have T-shirts on that are long enough. So if I do the two-hand, I'm not showing you now. Look away, look away. So, you know, if I do the two-hand and go go for it, like it all rides up. (laughs) And so I often, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, like that. Sometimes I tuck it in a bit and then, yes, you know, like that, but... Because there's got to be some, you know, I know David said I'll become even more undignified in this, but you don't want to see it. I I need to lose a few pounds. Um, But the point is, I don't always feel like putting a hand up. Uh, It's not, it's not even a hand up. You can put your hands up and be thinking about something totally different. There's no magic in putting your hands up. There's no magic in kneeling. But there is something so special about responding to his invitation to let go from in here and give Give yourself into that moment. We give ourselves into that moment. So how do I know, really practically, how do I know when to sit, when to kneel, when to stand, when to sing, when not to sing? I don't. I don't know the answer. 
going back again. Oh my goodness, the youth are in now. But uh, you know that word I mentioned earlier? But going back to the, the, uh, the analogy I said earlier, well, well, I mean, I don't think anyone beforehand particularly says, well, how, how do I know when to say something nice? Or how do I know when to kiss? Or how do I know when it's like, I don't know. I can't give you an instruction manual. It's about connection, not a ritual. Right? It's about connection, not a ritual. Worship, it's about connection, not a ritual. Well, at this point, you have to do this, and, and, and now you can kneel. Kneel when you want to kneel. There was one time I was at Bible college years ago, and every person in the room was kneeling. Every single, there were about 100 of us in this, in this room. I was one of the students there. And um, I'd had my eyes shut, and I'd been worshipping, and I opened my eyes, and everyone was kneeling. I missed something. Why is everybody kneeling? They're all kneeling. And I was still stood up. Literally the only one stood up. So I tried to just get back into it. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Like, uh, like that. As clear as anything, God said to me, what are you doing down there? I said, well, I figure I missed the memo or something. He said... Well, just get back up. Like, okay, I will. So just as sheepishly, I got back up. Hello. Just... <laughs> and it's so easily done. It's so easily done. And God says, just, just give of yourself. That's all I want. Give of yourself. Give of yourself. He's inviting us into a space that is the other side probably of our sense of convenience and comfort. But oh my word, there is the fullness of heaven waiting for us. And basically, what you don't know, is for the last 25 minutes, I have just been speaking to myself. Because this is all the stuff I say to myself. And am I annoyed that I don't feel more free in worship? Oh yeah, like, come on Chris, be more free in worship. Don't give me a tambourine. But, Father, will you please... Creating us. Let's stand. Will you please, God, create in us a longing and a willingness to push past our comfort zone and step into your comfort zone? Will you, God, please pour your spirit out and we sense that invitation to taste and see that you are good? And Father, if anything I said has caused any offence to religion this morning, then please amplify it. And God, if anything I have said has just offended someone because I've been careless in my words, then God, just rub that out. Instead, it's about you and the invitation from you. Come close. Come close. That's it. I won't bite. But God, I can't get to you. I've got a little barrier in front of me. And God says, oh, that's just your convenience. Just step over it. That's just the edge of your comfort zone and the start of mine. Just step over it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. 
For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.